Hey, it's Jason with the Marketing Podcast Network. As a business-to-business marketer, your needs are unique. B2B buying cycles are long and your customers face incredibly complex decisions. Isn't it time you had a marketing platform built specifically for you? LinkedIn ads empower marketers with solutions for you and your customers. LinkedIn ads allow you to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach your customers in a respectful environment. On LinkedIn, you'll have direct access to and build relationships with decision makers. Of the 875 million users on the network, 180 million are senior-level executives, 10 million are C-level executives. You will also be able to drive results with targeting and measurement tools built specifically for B2B, and they work. Audiences exposed to brand messages on LinkedIn are six times more likely to convert. LinkedIn Ads is also ranked number one for security, community, and ad experience as part of Business Insider's Digital Trust Study. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash MPN and claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply. Freelancing and online marketing often looks ideal from the outside, but what's inside? Many time-consuming challenges. SEMrush offers over 50 tools and reports to assist you in every step of your routine, from competitive and keyword research to link building and technical SEO. SEMrush is your digital team member. Let's hit it off. Grab your free trial today and see measurable results. Go to bit.ly slash SEMrushMPN. That's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-E-M-RushMPN. Everyone, please welcome Super Joe to the podcast. This guy is somebody I've been waiting to interview. I have so many burning questions. First of all, let the people know about your show. Let's just, let's start there before we get too deep into it. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. So I'm Joe Pardo. I started, my show was originally called the Dreamers Podcast, started back in 2014. So we're we're both in the six-year club. How, How awesome is that? And, and congratulations to that as well. It's a gauntlet, I know. And so I started after I left my family's $100 million company, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I don't have a degree. I started to go back to school, but I really didn't know. So about a month later, I found out, like, I was going on a bunch of podcasts to promote a DJ album I had produced at the time. And so I was doing these podcast interviews, and was, oh, my friend, we're on a plane to Disney World. He's like, hey, we're going to run a race. He's, I was like, hey, is there any other shows I should go on? He's like, oh, have you heard of this show? It's, it's all all they do is interview entrepreneurs. And I was like, inter- just they just interview people? That's not even what I was thinking about as far as a podcast. Like all podcasts I had listened to were all Disney podcasts, all a bunch of Disney heads sitting around a table, mm-hmm. a round table discussion talking about Disney World or Disneyland or whatever. And I'm on that plane and I'm like, I got the, I was like, I know a bunch of people in business. Like I could totally do that. I'm having so much fun with this, this whole podcast interviewing thing. Cause I'd done, I don't know, 15 of them or 20 of them to in, in for promotion of the album. And so I was like, oh, I could, I could do something in business, but I was like, I know a lot more people live in their dreams. So the plane landed and I registered the domain name, the Twitter handle and the Facebook page for Dreamers Podcast, which eventually would go on to become an award-winning show in 2017 for best business podcast from podcastawards.com and wrote books around it. It, it. it didn't start out as a business show though. It started out as a, what does Joe want to do with his life? And, and like meeting all <laughs> these interesting people and talking with people and so many amazing relationships have grown out of it. So it started out as that, but as time went on, it became a business show. And, and eventually I changed the name to the uh, business with super Joe Pardo. And then I flipped back to the dreamers podcast for a short period before switching it over to the super Joe Pardo show. 
And uh, yeah, it's really where like business meets life. It's one part business and one part like life. So I'm not a life coach, but I've written three self-development books, one and one business book as well, all around the process and building out better uh, team offer and process for your company. I absolutely love talking to people. I love the interviewing people and having these great conversations and getting to be on other people's shows and talking on stages. And out of all that came the other um, venture, which was Indie Pod. It originally was called Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference in 20, the end of 2014. 14, I was like, I want to bring a bunch of podcasters together because that's I started to know so many podcasters. So we did that in 2015 was the first event. And then in this past September, we changed it to Indie, indie PodCon or ICON for, from Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. And it has grown exponentially since then because we never were really Mid-Atlantic anything. Like it was just like where the conference was held. So that's what I called it. But it was really, <laughs> we had people from the, in the first year, we had people from like Florida, people drove from Georgia to be there, flew from Georgia to be there. So it, it was, it never really was the Mid-Atlantic like people per se. There were some people in the middle line, but not many. Um, people drove eight hours from Ohio to be there. <laughs> you know, Man. two people drove from Ohio to be here. So just outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. So we started up that and it has grown exponentially. Yeah. That's like the nutshell of my podcasting journey going from not knowing what I wanted to do to about two months into it, figuring out what I wanted and where I was going to head and how I was going to get there. It's taken a heck of a lot longer than I really, you know, wanted it to take. And I'm still not quite there yet, but I, I feel like we're definitely turning a, a corner that we weren't turning uh, like two, two, three years ago. I think it's interesting. Most podcasters start off not knowing a lot. You kind of just start, you just get it going, you just start, and then you'll figure it out as you go. But the real key is to keep going. I think a lot of people... Yeah. They look at other successful hosts like a Joe Rogan or something and they say, yeah, I want to do all of that stuff. And then when they actually start, they're like, wait, this isn't working out how I thought it would. And that's when you kind of have to decide, okay, am I going to figure this out as I go or do I just quit? And the people that keep going, I'm finding are some of the best people I've personally ever met. I have some amazing conversations and relationships with those people that just keep going and just figure it out. Like it's going to come yep. to you just... Don't give up. Well, they're passionate, right? And that, and they're driven individuals. And that's the kind of people that you and I both want to hang out with and be around and talk talk shop with. And it doesn't have to just be podcasting. Like I said, my mine is business, but I also run the, the Indie Pod Daily Show. So I have two, actually I have three shows. I forgot. I have three shows currently uh, the, and the Business Geeks where I run with Sam and Jen, Samantha Riley from Australia and my friend Jennifer Crawford down in DC. So we do a weekly show together as well where we just talk about business and th how, how things are going and interacting, answering questions and things like that. And, and I've done other shows too, right? And I think that's the... I think that's part of the the magic. If I had a if I had a hundred dollars for every podcast idea that I've come up with over the last six and a half years, like it, Man. it would that would just so many of them. And I have them all written down. Like I, I want to do those shows, but there's only so much time and I don't have a team of people to produce that much content for help me produce that much content. So like it's it's tough. I because as a creator, you just want to keep creating and that's the hobby and the job right that's the thing it's all in one i'm glad to hear you say that like i'm not the only one that gets new podcast ideas all the time oh yeah <laughs> 
And I just oh, write God, them down God. and I'm like, okay, I'll get to this when I can. I, I would love to get to this, but I just don't have time. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're definitely not. It's And a part of it is a marketing struggle as well. Here's an example. So like I've also, I also do vlogs and have done a ton of video work over the years and from like shooting weddings to business things we even shot a pilot for the tv show for the it's called the top of super joe part of i think we're rebranding that soon but you have all these things and you want to accomplish them you want to do them but then they but they all have to make sense and that's like when i was getting started like people didn't get the concept of well, first of all most of the people that I, i'm around like they never heard of a podcast like my friends have because they're all nerds they're all computer yeah. <laughs> I, i'm like i'm a straight up computer gaming nerd so it, I, I got the mouse to prove it but outside of that like most of the people in my family and and neighborhood friends and things like that like they never heard of a podcast back in 2014 ever, it was ever. a new, new word all together for that and at that point it, it's over 10 years old so I was like, man, like this word's existed for 10 years and you're just getting your your mind open to it. Having having that those ideas and wanting to bring it and having the ability to market them is so difficult. Like I struggle with it now, right? Because I have the IndiePod icon community and, and that whole business, which at the after COVID started, I announced that I was like, I'm going to turn this into its own. Like it used to just be like a pet project. Oh, I made a few bucks, had fun with it, whatever. We grew year over year, like despite spending almost no money in marketing and just the word of mouth and all that. And it wasn't exponential. It's not like thousands of people were descending upon <laughs> Philly. We have over a hundred people each year coming from literally all over the world. This That's consistent growth. Yeah. yeah. Every year it just, it grew a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And, and I'm like, yeah, my costs are low on it. We have a great time. I host it. I vlog at it. We're, I'm running the tech. I'm doing all those things. But, but like when you look at it, okay, so how does that juxtaposition with running a business consulting company and how that all, so like when people know you, they know you for one thing. And I mean, whether better or for worse, a lot of people know me as the the podcast guy because they a lot of those people right. had never heard of the pod, the word podcast prior to wait, that. Wait, I'm so right? glad you said that because when you, I'm the same person to people that I know. <laughs> Just, they know you as oh, talk to him. He's the podcast guy. I can't tell you how many times I've been described as that person. <laughs> But there's not as much money in it, and it, it it can be difficult, right? So it's a difficult play to like you. You could edit people's shows. I've edited people's shows years ago at this point. But you can consult to get their shows up and running. You could produce their shows, but you got to find the right mix of clients and the right people that are in the right place at the right time. You could run, you could host the show for them. But again, it's like, it's all got to be like the right thing. So it's not impossible. It's just not as, I don't know. It's not as simple as I'm a plumber and I fix pipes or I'm an electrician. <laughs> and I know I wasn't trying to go down an innuendo there, but I, I'm an electrician and I, I okay, I, I get what that is. In my case, it's I'm a business consultant who understands the whole content creation side because I grew up in front of computers. Like my family grew up under trucks. I grew up in on, in front of computers, so it's difficult. Like, pe like because people always would be like, "Oh, Joe, you're the tech guy." And it's yeah, I, I get tech, but it's I really hate tech because it never works <laughs> for everybody else. Like it works for me, and sometimes it doesn't work for me. Look, I was up late as heck last night trying to fix my network. My network had it, I updated to the newest controller software for the the whole network, and it just was not working. So it's like, I had to wipe the whole thing clean, start over, but then I get Man. things with that. It was a whole mess. And I was losing my mind to both my wife and to my friend, Mike, who helped me, helps me set some of this stuff up. So it's like, 
I, I just want it's one of the I just want to go to bed. It's 10 o'clock. I need to go to bed. But for me, it's it's an under it's a necess, it's a necessity of understanding what like the tech end of it is. Not really that's what I want to do. Like I remember I when I left my family business, I was like, oh, you should start like a, a a tech company that helps businesses set up their tech and stuff. And I was like, no. Do you understand it? And I'm like, I don't really care. I ain't getting phone calls at two o'clock in the morning because somebody's network switch decides to die or because some somebody decides to change some setting on their computer or something. And now all of a sudden at four in the morning, these guys can't log into the do the thing. Like, no, hell no. I feel no let you. somebody you else do that. You don't want to be the whole tech guy to everybody in the world. I'm, I'm with you on no. that. And people don't really get it. It's yes, I know it, but I've learned it to help myself. It's not a passion. Nope. So I couldn't see myself building a business. And I think that's one overall thing that podcasters have in common is we've all decided I like this topic. So I'm going to talk about it consistently. And if I'm not passionate about it, I'm not going to talk about it. And I, I do see podcasters that make the mistake of trying to force themselves to talk about something they don't care about. And you can always tell because the content is terrible. They don't market it very well yeah. and it's just not set up correctly. So one question I have for you, you said you wrote a self-help book, so I'm interested in your answer here. Yeah. How do podcasters find that topic that they really care about that they want to discuss and cover on their show consistently? The General consensus seems to be like, if you were going to do YouTube, you got to make 100 crappy videos on YouTube before you can figure out, first of all, how to not make a crappy video or, or at least start to see progress, right? And what the changes you make. But the really the topic, right? For me, it, it always starts like with who, who am I trying to serve? So like with the Dreamers podcast, it was really for me because again, right? I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I was going back to school for business administration and but it was an associate's degree and all my i became friends with all my teachers and they're like what are you doing here like why like you're obviously i'm like eight years ten years older than most of the people in the class so what are you doing here what do you expect to get out of this and what is an associate's degree really going to do for you and it's, i don't know that's just what i was told i was supposed <laughs> to do to, to have something I, I don't know i don't know so once i when i, I was there for i don't know like three semesters or something before i found because i was only doing two classes at a time so i i think that when you're getting started thinking about who you're trying to do it for is really important and in my case it was for me and eventually it turned into okay because I didn't really want to go down the life coaching aspect of it like yes. I'm the guy that people always came to for life advice and things of that nature even as a kid it was creepy <laughs> thinking back about it but it just is the way like at six years old I knew I wanted to be a child psychologist but I hated eventually I figured out I hated school so I wasn't going to work out going to school for 10 years to do that. But ultimately it landed me like the ability to want to help people uh, and to, you know, I spoke at schools and things. So it was, it, it all came together. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't pivot too, because ultimately you only have so many people that are actually like you. And then there's only so many people that are actually paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah. So like change, change is a thing that you can't really be afraid of. And I, going back to Disney, like listening to, there's a show that I listen to a lot. Like I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but this one I do listen to is called the Disney dish. And the reason I love both of the guys, I've had both of them on my show. I'm friends with both of them. But the reason I really listen is because of the stories and listening to like how Disney has screwed up over the years 
and then tried to figure out what makes it work so that they could fix it so that people aren't mad or people have a better experience and all like all of that side of it really is super interesting in, in to me at least. I, I think start with who you're trying to serve first and then feel like you can get comfortable and and then try to pick something that's a little that isn't too niched. But at the same time, the other thing is, and I wish I could get the first hundred episodes back of my show. And the reason oh, is because I spent so much time editing those things and wasting so much time that could have been better used marketing them. That could have been better used like getting better, like, bigger and better interviewers interviews faster getting more interviews under my belt fast like faster so i could get better at the craft of talking on the mic and all all the things so there's so many other aspects that i would encourage somebody who's just getting started to to really focus in on than just like how do i edit my first episode like editing's important and if you can afford an editor get an editor if your show requires you to edit like um a good example of this is leading up to our first kid my daughter our daughter we we did a a show called birth where it was a, a documentary style like we would have a conversation me and my wife every single week leading up to having a kid for 33 weeks i think it was wow and we would interview not really interview we'd have conversations with like our friends and our family and stuff about like having kids and and life and how we were and I would interweave those conversations with the storytelling that we were doing one-on-one and tell the story that way. So it's this really cool piece. It's not really available online at the moment, but it's this really cool piece that like we'll have forever. And I wish we had done it for my son when he was born two years later. Unfortunately, life was a little more hectic at that point. So there yeah. wasn't that much time to have those conversations and then edit those conversations and all that. So it's... um. It's interesting, but I, so I, I think that, you know, and if that's your, if that's your use case, as far as what you want to do for a podcast, like, bam, do get good at the editing or get somebody to edit for you. If it's not, if it's just interviews, I would just keep doing interviews, get those reps in constantly yeah. as many. I've had friends come, like when I was getting started, I'd have friends come over and they're like, all right, we're going to go play hockey. And I'm like, yeah, let's go have a conversation. Cause you're going back to school soon. Aren't you? Like, yeah, like I'm going back for programming and I never did that before. So we had the conversation on the Dreamers podcast because it's all about people living their dreams and how they are making, accomplishing that. Pulling the stories out of out of thin air, more or less. Just figure out like who you're trying to serve. And if it's you, then make sure you're really interested in the topic. If it's not you, find somebody who is that person and ask them all the questions you possibly can to get as much into their head as possible. Yeah, that's the best approach. I I agree is I get a lot of compliments on my interviewing now. I appreciate it. And I just tell people, look, it's because I've done it so much. I've done hundreds of interviews now. Like my show at one point in time was only interviews. So I've been doing it for years to where it's just a skill where the, the setup is easy and asking questions is easy and really learning how to just have a conversation that flows with somebody. And I think that's super, super important um, as a host is to really develop that skill. And speaking of hosting, I want to talk about guests real quick, because you did mention before we got started our recording that you charge people to be a guest on your show. Now, this is very controversial because I asked people this question on Twitter before, and I don't have a ton of followers on Twitter, just a little over 8,000. And that's so great, man. <laughs> compared to the people that I'm connected with, that's nothing. Most of those 8,000 people. 
I would say yes. I talk to everybody. Then forget who all those other people because that that's what matters. And that's and I'll tell you that's a big that's a big thing. Like when I have some sponsors that have worked with me and people that have paid to be on my show, like they were impressed with the fact that I knew the people that were listening to the show. Like I'm actively, you know, engaged with them on Facebook and Twitter and and things of that nature, Instagram. So that's a big deal. It's better to have eight thousand people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that helps, man. That is probably, Absolutely. I think most podcasters skip that. And I think that's why most people that pay to be guests on shows don't see the results they want is because they're only shelling out the cash for it. They, they're not trying to build community or even teach anything or provide a solution. It's just, Hey, I want to pay to be on this platform. It doesn't really help you at the end of the day. It's not as valuable. I would say, I would say a good chunk of them. Yeah. Not, a, not everybody. Cause I've become best friends with some of the, like Sam, like I mentioned earlier from the business geeks, right? Like we met because a guest booker booked her to be on my show and we just hit it off. Now that was back in like 2015. So it was much earlier on in the process, not only for myself, but for guesting in general, like on that level of hiring somebody to get you booked on these other shows. So it's, you, you never know where it's going to go. And I have a handful of other friends that I met because of that, but most of the people that were on the, that were booked, like they were cool people. I might still be connected. I'm probably still connected with them on Facebook. We might interact a little bit here and there, but you're just not going to hit it off like that with everybody. It's, yeah. That, that, it's that's the true. nature of life, <laughs> but and still. One thing I try to tell podcasters, as you build a real platform, you're going to have more people reaching out to you. Like it goes from two or three people a week to 15 people a week to every day you have different emails and messages on social media, people reaching out to be a guest. So for yep. you, because there's a fee to come on your show, do you still have qualifications for people to be a guest on your show? Oh, absolutely. It has to fit, right? Like I've had, like I had, what, what was it? The, the guy that was it? Steel Magnolia, like the guy that Steel Magnolia, the movie is based on, they were like, Oh, we could get him on your show. And I'm like, now, I had never seen Steel Magnolia, but when I searched it up, I was like, eh, I don't think this really fits. Like, because at the time it was more of a, it was still a Dreamers podcast and it was family friendly. I've always tried to take a, a family friendly kind of slant because I want people to be able to listen to it in the car with the kids or, or even having kids listen to the show as well to pick up on those business lessons, the ones that are, are interested in, in learning that kind of stuff. I yeah i don't know that's so there is definitely qualifications there it's not just oh if you got the money like i'll with that said not everybody excuse me not everybody's interested in paying and that's okay that's the point that was one of the points was to get these people if you have somebody that's serious and, and all that let's work together it's a marketing you know, it's a marketing play we're gonna and i wrote a whole long post about this online that you just type in go to google and like charge podcast guests and it should be like the first thing that comes up i don't to me, it's not a business model, though. I think it, it could be for some people. Like there's people that when I gave a talk at the at podcast movement back in 2018 about this, there was somebody that was like, I have a, a thing where we, we interview people that have books and, and I'm like, oh, she's, could this work for me? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, if you legitimately have a, a listener base that if people were willing to pay for, have them sponsor the episode, right? Have the book sponsor the episode. Like you're going to have the author on, the book is the sponsor of the episode and all that. Because that's the other thing is like people don't take into account, like you're paying for the, the hosting of these things forever and always. Yeah there's real costs with it. And to me, it's not, Oh, I got it. I'm only going to have people. I mean, I just did an interview today. Like I, my show has been slow because of the fact that I've been so focused on IndiePod. pod, 
But I just had a dinner interview today with somebody who isn't going to pay me. I wouldn't want their, I wouldn't want her money because we're friends. Like we became friends and I want to have, I want to promote those people. But this is for the people that are like, I'm going to pay that booking agent to find you, Joe, <laughs> and pay and, and be like, you got to have blah, blah, blah on my show. Okay, cool. But like you're getting paid, so the booking agent's getting paid. Maybe he's getting paid. He, he or she's getting paid a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars an episode. Sometimes more. I've heard more, like a lot more. A lot. And it's, yeah. So it's I'm the one with the award-winning show. Yeah, you're the booking agent, and and uh, and more props to you. You got paid, but you got paid. Well, and, I get I, as the host for. I get the guest. Okay, I, I get that, but there are a dime a dozen too. Especially at this point, because if I went on Facebook right now and I said, "Hey," I need a guest from my podcast episode to talk about even a specific topic. I would have hundreds of comments, maybe even thousands now because everyone knows, okay, being a guest on a podcast is the best marketing tool right now. So if you can be a guest, go be a guest. So now it's just, it's become flooded with people who, in my opinion, a lot are because they're spending the money, they don't do the other work that's required to be a great guest. And not like you said, not all, but a large majority and that's There's my some, personal problem. I'll get, I got to hand it to a friend of mine, Jessica Rhodes. She did a lot. And I, and Tom, Tom Swab as well. Like they've done a Interview lot valet, in way yeah. of preparing their people to like how to be a good guest, like what to do and how to act and how to make sure your mic doesn't sound like crap and all, all that stuff. There are people out there that that are good for it that are good they're trying to do the right things with the pod in regards to podcasting and getting guests to you know play right or play nice yeah <laughs> I guess you'll say, you'd say right? and i so appreciate it's, it's those not, um yeah no absolutely both like i said both of them are friends of mine i don't have a disdain for them but like with that said like they don't they like their clients don't pay to be on shows i'm not getting i'm not getting those guests and does it stink yeah, a little bit, but you know what? If I wanted to, I could open it up tomorrow. I but I, and I still again, I still open it up. I, the last couple of interviews I did, which were the first interviews in a while. Well, again, back to that, Chris. I wanted to ask you, how long did it take you to do your first solo episode? Because you you said that you don't do all interviews at this point. Oh man, that's actually something I did really early. I split oh, wow. even when I did my basketball show because that's where I started. It was a balance. Like I would have guests on, I had a co-host, but even then I would still talk about things myself. Like I just wanted to test myself. I was never afraid. I did the same thing with video content. Like I just said, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I don't have any equipment, any of the tools or anything like that, but I'm just going to go and figure it out over time. All of that stuff will come to me. Like it's going to work itself out. I'm just going to focus on being the best version of myself and it worked long-term. It worked because now I got a ton of equipment for free. Um, nice. It's just, it just flows to you when you just let go and just focus on being great at what you do. That's one thing I'm always trying to teach podcasters is stop trying so hard. Like just relax and let go and things will come to you. So before we go away here, before we call it a day, I got one question for you. What's the main tip for podcasters that want longevity? Right. They want to be going for five or six years on the same show. They want that consistent. Simple, simplify the process. Don't let the tech get in the way and, and keep doing the reps. Right. Like just what if you're like, oh, no, this mixer thing is like over the top, then don't get a mixer. 
So you don't have to get a mixer, right? <laughs> Talk into your phone if, if you have to. Whatever you could do to make it as, as simple as possible, because that's how you're going to do it the most. Mm. You know, if you got to set up, oh, I got to plug my mic in, I got to do this, I got to do that. And it just becomes like all these little micro obstacles. It's like going to the gym. Oh, I got to get yeah. my bag in the car, I got to drive over there. <laughs> I, I don't know that feeling because I just go out running. I just put my clothes on and I go. So I don't, I don't know that feeling of the, the whole gym ecosystem kind of thing. But if let, don't let the tech get in the way and just keep putting in those reps so that you get to, to speak well on the microphone and get to feel comfortable with yourself. And the other thing is it took a while, but, and you, I'm sure you probably, you might've noticed this too, Chris, is like your, your guests out of the gate are not necessarily the best <laughs> guests to have on the show. They don't know how to talk on the mic. And this come from, again, you're six years into it, right? So like 2014. So like when people didn't really know, and then you're trying to clean up this audio that probably sounds like crap because oh. they didn't know. But over time, like you start getting more, like I was getting more better guests, not just from bookers, but just in general, because I was interacting with other people who had podcasts and and so like people had better equipment or at least knew how to talk on a microphone, uh, hold a conversation. <laughs> One interview I did was like eight minutes long and I, I like, they just, Oh yeah. Oh, I know. It was always, my show was usually a half hour to an hour at one point, it, the longest episode I had, I think, was two and a half hours or something like that. And and this episode, no matter what I asked, just one, two word answers. And I was just like, all right, I'll do something with it. And I ended up putting it out. It wasn't great, in my opinion, because it wasn't there wasn't enough depth in there. I was getting it wasn't getting enough back. So yeah, yeah, and um, I, I definitely I, I like what you said about that, man. That, that's really important. Is the first interviews are not going to be the celebrities you dream of. Just it's my mind. Cause I, I did get one of the, those people I've really looked up to uh, Patrick Roan from uh, minimal Mac. Yeah. Mm. I had him on, I guess it was like in the first 20 episodes or something. I was dancing off the walls because he said <laughs> yes. And then he gave me the biggest comedy. So that was the most personal and in-depth interview I've ever given. And it's like, Hallelujah. Like how awesome is that? Oh. Over the moon about that. It is a great, it's a, I didn't know some of that. I didn't know about some of that stuff. And I was a pretty big fan of his or still a fan of his now. Love you, Pat. Yeah. So That's you, it, you man. will get there. You will that, get there. That. Just keep put, keep digging, keep putting in the work and don't be afraid to cancel a show and start a new show. Right. That's something like you're going to learn those lessons as you're doing it. So yeah, pod fading isn't great. That's what my, the Super Joe part of the show is pod fade a bit. I only put out maybe eight episodes this year. It's supposed to be every week, but it just has not happened this year. So, but if don't be afraid, if you get 20 episodes, 30 episodes in, like cancel it and start something new. Most people don't know anyway. So it's all new. <laughs> it's all new to everybody except you. You're the only one that really cares about your brand. So don't be afraid to, to to like, yeah, we did it. And then quit or try seasons, right? Try doing 13 episodes. But I would argue that doing that out of the gate is probably not the best because you got to get those reps in. You got to get yeah. behind the mic. You got to get in front of the camera. And it's a muscle memory. Like when I do the, the vlogging, right? Like it's awesome. I love it. But if I don't do it for a while, it feels awkward talking into a camera that I'm holding out in front, like standing out somewhere in public and people are looking right. at you like, yeah. but that, but that goes away. The more you do it, you just have to keep doing it. 
consistency is the key man that is the key to getting better and really developing joe man thank you for coming on the show i appreciate you being here i appreciate you having me this is fun this is great i gotta link all of your 30 shows in the show notes (laughs) i'll get them to you don't worry (laughs) all right man thanks for being on thank you You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but there are other great shows on MPN to help your business too. I'm Jason Falls. I host The Rise, the community commerce marketing show. There we explore an exciting new category of marketing strategy and automation focused on driving brand growth through your own community. So you start with your own customers, employees, followers, and partners and empower them to recommend and refer your brand. You can subscribe to The Rise, the community commerce marketing show at marketingpodcasts.net or by searching for The Rise the community commerce marketing show wherever you get your podcasts go subscribe this podcast is heard along the marketing podcast network for more great marketing podcasts visit marketingpodcasts.net